It's that time again. It's time for, for us two, the Hardened Hero Hosers. I'm Kyle, and joining me is Alex. Howdy. Howdy. So, it's still raining. It's so wet. I know. I know. I'm kind of losing... Maybe I have seasonal seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, you're sad. I think that's a thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sad because it's because it's cloudy from the last week. Snow affective disorder. Yeah, that too. Yeah, Yeah. I do not enjoy winter anymore. Yeah, the snow is definitely uh, creeping down. It is creeping down. Pretty close to tree line. Yeah, we're just about on tree line. I know it's the. Yeah, we're in the valley, so it's all around us. And it's very, very sad. I don't think I'm going to get out to any, ma- any more big mountain rides. Oh, slippery route. Yeah. So what's the topic for today? Our topic today is if the new bikes are even a whole bunch better than the old bikes. Are bikes getting better? Yeah. Are they getting better? So what do you think? Are they getting better? I think they got better. Right up until about the mid-2000s, and then they kind of just tapered off. Like, I think there was there was tons of huge improvements right up until about 2006. And then there were just fairly minimal changes. I don't know. Like, I think if you got... I think if you got an older bike, it's still relevant today. Yeah. So 2006, we're talking 15 years. So in the last 15 years, really, you're saying yeah. there's no... The yeah. mind-blowing, significant differences. That Since you, I was in grade eight, you could nothing ride, has changed. <laughs> you could ride a 15-year-old bike today. And setting it up properly, I mean, we've learned quite a bit about setting up bikes but and how yeah. to run them and race techniques. But the bike itself, you could ride a 15-year-old bike today and still, yeah. still relevant. Absolutely. Okay. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think some people would argue that the old 2000, 2001 Honda CR250s are still relevant today. Yeah. But I'd tell those people that they're wrong. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know? Yeah, I guess you know? we, we're drawing down some notes here and talking about uh, a certain blue brand. Uh, Jason's going to love this. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So just we're... And I looked up the MSRP on this blue brand. Yeah. The old YZ. 2006 Yamaha YZ250. It was $6,200 US MSRP. Yeah. Wow. And now they're double. Really? For an X or just for a regular? Just for a regular. Just a a standard. (laughs) Same thing, different plastics. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, I don't think that they're twice as good today than they are in 2006 because, you know, they're exactly the same (laughs) inflation and all, I guess. But yeah. So I guess what what do you think has come? What's changed? Why don't we start with what what do you think is worthwhile changes from then to now? Being that you're on the new bike, like I'm on my ancient 2017. Oh, and it, it probably vibrates so much. Got to wear your mouth guard I mean, every I, ride. I use copious amounts of Loctite. Yeah. Uh, the counterbalance was a huge leap forward in technology for dirt bikes. 
I think. Yeah. Like, I think that was, that's probably the, the, one of the biggest ones we've had recently yeah. that are uh, beneficial as far as like performance and yeah. So twenty seventeen, we'll throw that beta term out there, writability. Yeah. So twenty seventeen, eleven years of development, and the most significant thing to kill out of eleven years is a counterbalance. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay. I don't know. So that's. I mean, I'm sure you could argue a whole bunch of different things. I mean, I don't think that. Oh, there's geometry a, or anything has been changed a whole bunch or like nothing noteworthy yeah. or like nothing, no huge. Nobody's making huge marketing claims. Yeah, about. exactly. Um, yeah. Since, yeah, well, you said 2006 is a bear because before that, I mean, you could go back to twin shock bikes and yeah. Okay. When you, and, and you're talking was, your yeah. old CR 500 where you're sitting on the back seat and it's raked out and. Yeah. And like my uncle's old 94 kx 250 yeah we're so stubby and raked out but it's stubby and raked out and like i think there's a lot left to be desired for those bikes yeah but as soon as you get into 2000s they're they're good yeah the 06 and yeah, yeah things got fine lots of big jumps yeah what are you thinking what do you got for no, like, I, I i'm i'm with you there i agree the counterbalance was worthwhile i think we could get into a like a completely different value discussion on that, on whether a counterbalance motor is worth twice what it used to be. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. I don't know if I would pay double, but if you had a non-counterbalance, like let's say my yeah. bike sitting next to your bike, and or you could swap yeah. either motor in either frame, I would take the counterbalance. I think it's worth it. I think so. And I think you could you could also... Say, like, if you had a brand new 2008 KTM 250 XC or EXC yeah. sitting beside a brand new 2021 even, yeah. say, well, I'd, I'd almost opt for the 08, I think. Really? I think so. Just the simpler. Yeah. So I think, like, that generation, it had some really good geometry. And it's I, crazy I that think we're it was talking good. like a 13 year old bike and you, and considering it relevant yeah. when sitting next to something 13 years newer. I know. I know. That's crazy. But like, I think it's like, it's got all the good bits. The geometry was, I think it was better than like, I'd say the 14 to 16 or the 2012 to 2016 yeah. aero bikes. And yeah, simple. It's got that bottom end power that we all crave for yeah. our technical riding and yeah, adjustable power it's valve. Electric start still. Yeah. But it doesn't have the counterbalance. Yeah. But then there's also So what about, it gets um, busy yeah. once you get into the new bikes. Yeah. Yeah, we could touch EFI, but I'm thinking we're talking motor difference between the two. And the other thing that uh, is worth mentioning is the suspension on those two bikes. I mean, you have the new AER stuff where I think the most significant thing about that is you have your compression and rebound. Explore 48. On, oh, you have Explore 48, and it's yeah. just got the single no, dials on top, right? E yes, there's no air. Yeah, sorry. No air forks. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. Uh, so the, yeah, the most significant thing, though, is that they move both adjusters to the top, so you don't have to dig around under your A fork yes. for your compression. So. Yeah. It's, but, was that different in 2008? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that would have been an open cartridge fork. And it would have had the compression adjusters on the bottom with a base valve. The shocks would have been very similar. I'm sure they would have a different base tune. Yeah. But shocks, I mean, you have your high speed, low speed on the outside, 
and your rebound. So yeah. you can do, you can tune it to how we ride now. It's yeah, and I think, settings. I think the suspension valving is very similar in the way of like, you could compare it to the improvements in geometry, yeah. frame geometry and whatnot. So, it's all relative. Like, and you can change yeah. all those the valving and like obviously guys changed valving in 2008 when they were factory riders and racing them yeah yeah i think just the style has changed um and getting off yeah, like from the, the euro from the taddy blazusiak yeah, wide st- open yeah. through erzberg <laughs> yeah yeah the stiff bikes and now it's kind of more trials inspired with the faster rebounds um but yeah getting off the euro train and touch on the triple s because it's it's had some refinements the mid valve the way the uh, rebound cartridge check works has changed a little bit in there, but otherwise it's basically unchanged since 2006. 15 year old fork and arguably the best still. Yeah. And uh, one of the, like for pro riders from the Euro side of things, Paul Bolton, he was running factory KYB triple S on his KTM. I mean, this is an independent rider. He can put whatever he wants on there. And, yep. and he chose to tear off the WPs. Yeah. That he put on, I mean, it's an updated, but it's a, you know, 15-year-old fork design. Yeah. No, that's... So kind of questions whether or not bikes are actually getting better. Yeah. Or if... And that's that's hard. Like, you, you think that maybe they're just doing the... I don't know. Obviously, like Yamaha, they just change the plastics every once in a while and call it a new bike. Oh, yeah. And, like, modernize it a little bit. And I think a lot of, I want to say a lot of, I mean, all brands are just going towards um, refreshing their bike, I'd say, from the previous year and maybe not actively trying to push the R&D and actually making it better. Yeah. I think we're getting into the the marketing. marketing. Yeah. So... I got to throw this out there talking about updating style because with the 09, uh, with the 06 YZ being pretty unchanged and even that chassis, I mean, we're talking about aluminum, uh, but the cowl and plastics, the retro option coming back. I mean, do you see these full looping? Looking at that 94 Calvin going, oh yeah, this thing looks rad. And you got pit vipers making a resurgence. Yeah. Do you see them coming out with a retro vibe where all of a sudden these bikes that are 15 years old are coming back in in like the high fluoro high viz colorways and all that i think so i think the the full 90s graphics are coming back around 100 percent. i think that the bike is i mean a fair bit better from the 90s but there's definitely a resurgence i would say in the in the bike yeah I definitely or I don't in the know, graphics. I'm just throwing out the retro style. Yeah. It has nothing to do because with I'm, whether or not bikes are getting better. I am a big fan. I just fan. laugh at the, if you're riding a 15-year-old ba- bike, I mean, what have you made it look like a 15-year-old bike? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if that would really sell yeah. that well, but. No, for sure. Because I do like flashy stuff, though. Like, I do like the flashy helmets and gear, flashy bikes. To me, I just, I just love bright colors. So I would be probably thinking pretty hard about a retro-themed yeah. Newer bike. Okay. Yeah. Bring it back into our bike's getting better. Yeah. Yeah. And this so, 15 year old. Oh, let's hear. I've been talking a lot. Let's hear. Let's hear what you think. Like, 
compared to what? What do you think? Like, when did they stop? I'm. When I, did they stop worth buying? I, I think that 06, like 2006 on. Like, but you also, but it, you also uh, it, own a 2017 right now. You know, we go back before that, and the uh, so, so Yamaha, like the 426 and the 450, you had four speeds to 2005. And I think we can both agree that nobody wants to ride a four speed. Nobody wants like, to ride a five speed anymore. Well, <laughs> I guess I, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know so much about that. The, uh, the XC guys might. Yeah. Yeah. But keeping it, I guess, enduro related that if you were going to ride these bikes off road, a where, four speed doesn't cut it. Yeah. A four speed's not. That's like, pretty damn tall. You can ride a five speed. You can't ride a four speed. That's very true. Six speeds. Is, it's good. I can even imagine how you'd have to gear that to make it usable. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and uh, like, I threw that 05, like 05 was the last, 06, everything kind of went to the five speed, bikes were light and they had good geometry, suspension could be valved to modern standards yeah. on damping and they're competitive and relevant. Yeah. I mean, we could get into the, the 2009, like the big EFI plunge. And now people are questioning whether or not beta is going to jump on that train. There's been some prototype not. photos, but realistically, like you have guys like Webb and Walker who are just praising carbs and excited to be back on them. And Walker yeah, being, and having the best of the best from factory KTM EFI. And it's, and, and it's nothing new that... I mean, we don't know if it's marketing hype or not either that he's talking it up, but for sure. And it's nothing new that EFI was brought in to um, yeah. sell more bikes, yeah. right? Like the emissions had to come down, and I think that was, yeah. I think that was the sole reason, which also loops back to marketing but, and just selling more bikes. But the other side of that is like we've seen it on four strokes when EFI first came in on four strokes. Like we're talking about the four speeds. Uh, the early EFI bikes, no, people hated them. They were too aggressive That's and they so ran true. like garbage. They weren't reliable. And now can you imagine riding a four stroke without EFI? Like, no, I, yeah, I just envision like so, my Kickstarter foot just being sore. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe like EFI were just at that awkward teenage stage where it's got some pimples and zits, but it'll, it'll grow up. Yeah. We can, we can pinch and poke our way out of the, out of the woods here. But again, yeah, yeah I mean, that's, you know, reflecting on or guessing at the future of it, but yeah, I, I don't think bikes have changed that significantly. Like I don't think a lot of small refinements. Yeah. And I don't think it's significant enough to be worth double what the older bikes were. Yeah. And I think that's a big selling feature for me for the betas is that they're almost back in time a little bit closer towards those older bikes. They just have the, the geometry and whatever else that's trickling through the years. Yeah. I do see like the offering off-road bikes with 18 inch rear wheels, uh, especially uh, from some of the overseas manufacturers. That's pretty monumental. I, I see that as being a big deal. Yeah. And we had the uh, last year, the Kawasaki was the last on the train and yeah, that's, I think those, those like, I think small bore off-road getting four strokes are better value. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I think like the value has come up there, but I don't know that like putting an 18 inch tire on a bike, I wouldn't call revolutionary no. by any stretch. No, that's bolt on parts. Yeah. That's not, it's not a whole bunch of R and D going on in there. Yeah. Uh, I would say though, like from a reliability standpoint and long-term ownership, like, okay, 
uh, Shirko with the power valves. Like I have the cable actuated power valve where you have a servo motor mounted up in the frame and it has two cables that push pull uh, my power valve. Yeah. How is that? It's fine. Uh, I replaced my cables after three years. And they were just, they had a couple strands that had frayed, like one on either cable. And I was like, hey, you know, as I feel good, this is time to replace yeah, this. that's just a cost of doing business, replacing but those cables. The new ones, the servo motor is mounted directly to the cylinder and you, the cables are gone. So you just don't have that problem anymore. Yeah. Less wearing bits. Yeah. So yeah, like, you know, there's a, a bit of evolution there. There's small steps, but again, Lots of trial and error happening here. You have like the linkage bikes that are direct actuated. Uh, like your your KTM and like we've been talking the YZ and the Betas where they're all push rod and rod arms and heim joints and stuff like that. Yep. And they don't wear. That's all still relevant. I mean, that's not. Yeah. And that's all Stone Age technology. Yeah. That's not like a Eureka. Yeah. Exactly. So are we agreeing that bikes haven't really gotten better since 2006? I think so. I think that's the general consensus. So, I would I would go as far as two thousand eight. Yeah, let me throw this out to uh, the listeners, and uh, if you if there's something we've missed or something that you're like, no, this this was a game changer. Uh, let us know. Uh, and th- we're thinking on bikes as they came from manufacturers, because I would say that mooses have been a game changer. Yes, one hundred percent. And you know what, like, and the direction of getting softer ones, like that whole tire system changing, and yeah softer crackers like definitely I mean, like the tire everything the tire community the tire world has changed significantly yeah. since 2006 2008 yeah but as far as bikes go eh, yeah. i don't know um the one thing that took a long time to go away was the bendex starter yeah and i think the bendex was just uh I, don't know, I think it was a band-aid. Oh, like it was your gi- right angle drive on yours? Yeah. 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 Like on the KTM and even even on your Sherco. Yeah. You're like going to the spray clutch like the big four strokes. It's just a bad design. Like but it's, you use it, it in your truck every day. But not. Yeah. Tri- vehicles have the same. It's just whether uh so the big four strokes, they use um a sprag clutch where it's just like a big one way bearing and when that drive yeah. wheel just spins your crank and then once it fires it just sits in there and rattles away. Yes, I guess the I guess even the starter the idea in of like my your, 18 your is, starter gear shooting out into your flywheel and then spinning around. I mean we have that on cars, but I agree. I like yeah, that's just true. I guess reliable. I never even I guess my my start of my eighteen would have that shaft coming out of the starter, right? Like it would be a Bendex built into the starter essentially. Yeah. I, I don't know on the, yeah. the 17 plus motor, uh, but the four strokes, they don't have that collar shooting out with the gear engaging. Uh, it's yeah. a spread clutch. So yeah. it's like a, a one way bearing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, who has problems with those on four strokes? No, like it's just not a thing. Yeah. No, so. that's very true. But that was the only real thing I could think of otherwise. Yeah. I like my I really like my 18 KTM. Yeah, so I can't see like there's nothing in the future right now that it would be worth trading my 18 in for. Yeah. Like I think it's kind of plateaued at 2018. 
So for, you, for the KTM and the year bikes. Little, let's pull out the crystal ball and uh, give it a little rub, look at it. What, uh, what do you think could be revolutionary and what needs to change? Oh, boy. That's a big question. I own because we've done an episode on this and I think it's where it's going and we'll probably get some hate for this or I will anyway. Oh, you're thinking electric. Yeah, I think that's the next. Once electric bikes are figured out and there's a good company yeah, building I'd agree. I would, a long charge, like that's the next big change where it's like, okay, people are just getting whooped and you just, you can't even ride a combustion yeah. engine bike and keep yeah. up with an electric bike now. You're one of those old school guys that shows up on his two stroke. Yeah. That'll be your 94 Cowie. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it will be. Your 2025. Yeah. It's e-bike. so loud. Yeah. yeah. You know that thing would catch fire, eh? Yeah, yeah. You know those those engines explode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think a good electric bike would make me get rid of my eighteen. Yeah, and that would be the the step in bikes getting better. That would be the step for me personally. Yeah. As long as they last, like obviously, like we've talked about before, that. that the charge is really the biggest issue. Yeah. Yeah. And there's still if you can get, you got to get three hours of race time out of it. Yeah. Cause I mean, two hours plus a lap for a typical hair scramble or something. Yeah. I mean, you really, you really need three hours of charge out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we both agree here that they're not yeah. there today, but that would but be, be, that would be a revolution, uh, a holy moment. Definitely with a clutch. Yeah. I guess. You should wonder about guys in the past, like the other side of this, sitting in the pits, you know, a bunch of guys with their two stroke bikes talking, like yeah. four strokes are on the verge and be like, Argh. like, what were they saying back in the day? I'm sure they were like, no, those will never be a thing. Yeah. They're far too heavy. No power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the power is far too aggressive right in the middle there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before my time. Definitely before my time, because I was 15 years old in 2006. But yeah, all right. Well, anything else want to add? Like that's. I think we kind of covered a whole bunch of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and coming to the conclusion that yeah, 2006, last 15 years, really nothing. Yeah, if you got one, nothing of those- monumental or earth shattering has changed on bikes, and they're double the price. They're double the price. Yeah. So if you got, yeah, one of those old mid-2000s bikes, be content, be happy, because you're not missing a whole lot from the brand new ones. Yeah. And if we miss something that you're like, hey, guys, this is a big thing, like shoot us a message, let us know. At Hardenduro Hosers Instagram. Yeah, or HardendoroHosers.com and leave us a voicemail and be featured in a show. Yeah. All right. Until next time, we'll see you guys in the next one, and thanks for listening. Stay safe.